Welcome to Drinking Bros, presented by GhostBed.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. What is up? Welcome to the show. First off, let me just say, if you're going to bet on sports, bet with MyBookie.com, where instant access to the action allows you to bet anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code DRINKINGBROS and get started with a double deposit bonus up to $1,000. Welcome to episode two of Tomahawk. We're talking about the Braves and a little bit of uh, extra baseball sprinkled in, but uh, we just got a big win today. Braves did. I'm joined by Dan Holloway. We were watching the game on and off as the day wore on. Yeah, it was a good game. Good game. Uh, I feel like this happened yesterday with uh, Morton. <clears throat> um, although the game didn't go all the way we would have wanted. Sometime around, um, I guess it was the third inning, I think, in that, the first game of that doubleheader against the Mets, he kind of found his release point. Um, it's been a big problem for him throwing throwing strikes. Right, uh, we talked about that last week, I think. Right, yeah. he's, we, his 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 plant leg is still kind of fucked. Yeah, or at least it, it's it seems like something's wrong, but it's it does seem like he um he found his release point at some point in that game, and uh, I mean, look at the his last four games: three walks, four walks, three walks, four walks. It's not really typical for him. Um. So there's definitely something wrong, but it did seem like, in, at least in this game, um, and you can tell based on their performance as well, all four runs were scored in the first two inning, and then he gave up an unearned run, I think, in the fourth yeah. or something like that. But he looked from the fourth through the – or the, from the third through the fifth, those innings. And it wasn't like uh, he settled down or anything like that. It's just a totally different style of pitching because he was actually hitting the spots that mm-hmm. he was trying to. So I, I think he may have figured something out. Keep an eye on that one. And honestly, like for most of the year, like Morton's the type of guy, like we expect Morton to be a regular season, like three, you know what I mean? Like he's not supposed to be our staff ace. It's fine. If Charlie Morton has like a three, six ERA and a whip, like at like one, two or something like that. We're not expecting him to like, <laughs> fully keep traffic off the bases or anything like that. It's just to be consistent, eat some innings, be a vet, and then once the playoffs come around, he's a pretty good, A, you know, vet to have in your top three, and B, mm. uh, a pretty good Swiss Army knife. Like, he's pretty malleable, can come out of the bullpen, do all kinds of shit like that. So I'm not necessarily worried about Charlie Morton not coming out of the gate looking like a fucking god or anything. No, and... Uh, today, Ian Anderson looked really good. Definitely hitting his spots more. His changeup is where it's supposed to be, which is starting in the zone and finishing out of it and not starting on the corner and finishing way out of the zone. Yeah. So he's made a lot of progress there. Same thing for him. I think it was just a release point issue. Um, he's been a slow starter both the last two years. Well, that's the case for sinker ball pitchers. Even within the even within one nine inning game, yeah, like typically, like Tim Hudson was like that. He would get better as the game went on because his ball started doing more of what he wanted it to do as the game went on. Um, and Anderson, honestly, one of the nice things about Anderson was he uh, he did a pretty good job, actually a really good job of uh, just getting out of trouble this game. I mean, yeah. he pitched five point one innings 
and he had nine base runners. All of these young guys on the Braves, from Freed to Kyle Wright, who's exceptional with that as well, uh, to Anderson, they're all pretty good at that particular thing, which is a good sign because that's something – in the playoffs, it extends you quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're the if you have a got a if you've got a rep of not being able to handle pressure, then playoffs come around and you get pulled earlier, and that affects the whole team. Um, you also have to wonder when Strider is going to get a chance to start a game. I know they're loving having him as long relief right now, right? But now that Jesse Chavez, who's kind of a specialist at that long relief thing, is on the team, and now that you're getting back into like after this. They've, there's a couple more doubleheaders to make up games, I think, uh, over the next two months. But for the most part, by the end of May, they're going to cut back down to a 26-man roster, I believe, mm-hmm. on May 31st. Honestly, I want him in the rotation, right? Or at least to get some spot starts to see if he can deal with that shit. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm more on the spot start train than I think like full-on in the rotation because I do like the idea of just ha- fucking having him there and the it just that you can put in at any time as basically a second starter, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that that's that's more handy to me right now than having like a solid <clears throat> like a hard fifth guy in the rotation who we don't know. I mean like I don't know how Strider's going to be as a starter. Per se. I, he looks great, but Well, I mean we he he's you you starting a game is definitely different. Being out on the mound at the beginning of a game with all the attention on you is different than coming out of the dugout in between innings. There's no question about that. Uh, some, some pitchers can't handle that pressure, I guess, of feeling like they're alone out there. Right. Uh, we'll feeling see like the games on their shoulders from the yeah. get go. doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. You don't see him get <laughs> flustered very much. He, he just throws a hundred like anything fucks with him. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. a fucking lunatic. Um, but he, he's, uh, He's a pretty exceptional guy, and to be honest, if it were, I, I if Soroka were back in the rotation right now, to be honest, I would flip flop Morton and Strider not all the time, but I would give like spot starts to Strider over Morton, and maybe give Morton the long reliever duty because you know you already know he's yeah. comfortable with it, just I to would, get Strider in there from time to time. I would maybe just even say fuck it and give Morton extra rest, right? Yeah. Like keep his arm fresh for October. Yeah. Type of, I, and I don't know if that's how Morton works. Morton might be the type of guy, seemingly late in his career, it actually seems like the type of guy who he prefers <clears throat> to like, you know, get innings and kind of just yeah. be in that October mindset. The, uh, we both went to uh, the Braves series this weekend, mm-hmm. kind of dropped an annoying one to the Rangers. Uh, I was there on Saturday for five innings uh, with my baby, and uh, you were there Sunday. What did you see kind of like in person that you, you haven't? maybe I've seen so far like on TV. Um, I saw that demerit is a liability in the outfield. Like he's an incredible athlete and he can definitely handle himself at the plate. Was he playing right when you were there as well? Okay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it looks when he's moved over to left field. But um, there were two plays. One of them, he kind of lost the ball in the lights. Uh, And the other one, he just didn't, didn't play it well, but he dove and missed it and blah, blah, blah. But, the uh, a, a a good outfielder is using not just the card that's inside of his hat to position him and not just staying focused on what is happening between the pitcher and catcher watching if the catcher moves 
to the outside part of the plate, maybe you take a step in that direction or at least look. Adam Duvall does this all the time. If you watch the center field cam, uh, like if every now and again, just f- because of the way broadcast works, they'll show a pitch will happen from center field, mm-hmm. right? Like you from the center field cameras where you'll be seeing it from. And you'll see the catcher move one way or, or another. Uh, and you'll see people like Adam Duvall is good at it. That's why they haven't center. He'll adjust based on what he thinks the pitch is going to be. And little things like that turn you from uh, average defender or even good defender into great defender. And there's some things that I don't know if you can necessarily teach. So on both of the plays that Demerit fucked up in right field, you could like, especially in, in, globe life because it echoes like a motherfucker in there dude that stadium i was gonna ask about the stadium in a minute but like it was cavernous yeah man that's one of, that's that's like the biggest fucking baseball it's, stadium I've ever been it's in. built like a european soccer stadium it is like huge. with the even even like the upper decks are separated like there's space in between the the yeah. second and third deck and fourth deck and shit like that very european soccer style stadium dope but the point i'm making is you can hear that the bat has broken Everywhere. Yeah. People in the cheap seats way the fuck up there can hear that the bat just broke. And you have, as an as a outfield, as a professional athlete, baseball player in the outfield, if you don't hear that bat break and immediately sprint forward, then I don't think you're ever going to be a great outfielder. Maybe not even a good one, right? If your yeah. decision-making, like, it's, it's a combination of things. The instinct that he clearly does not have and your decision-making to dive for that ball with, I mean, that, that's, that was really bad. Really bad. He's yeah. a liability in the outfield. That's what I learned from that game. Everything else, <laughs> it's, too, it's too early in the season. I yeah. mean, I saw uh, <clears throat> when I originally bought the tickets, it was supposed to be Max Freed pitching that day. Yeah, I remember you saying that uh, when you were like, I'm going Sunday to watch Max pitch. Yeah, and they brought Kyle Muller up to spot start. So I guess Max could start against the Mets or maybe yeah. just to give him. He, had, he was on four days rest, which is normal. So I don't know why I don't know why they did that, but Kyle Muller is a fucking clown. They DFA'd him right after the game. Oh yeah, like literally within an hour of the game, he was already DFA'd. Yeah. So um, I was kind of pissed off about that because he <laughs> sucks. Like he's terrible. Yeah, it's a fucking bummer when you go to a game and you like the only Braves game I ever got to go go to at Turner Field uh, back in the day. They were playing the Red Sox. It, it was like '97. They're playing the Red Sox in an interleague game, and uh, I didn't get to see Maddox, Glavin, or Smoltz pitch in that game. It mm. was. Uh, who is Pe- not Pedro Martinez? It was Pe- the page uh, because he obviously never played for the Braves. It was the dude who was on the Indians when we beat him in the World Series. Pe- Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez. Yeah, the yeah, guy, yeah. The guy from the Expos that threw a no hitter. Yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking what? I get. It. I have to see like 1997 Dennis Martinez pitch. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit. Uh, I saw Bryce Elder on Saturday. That was a little more. I had more potential for being entertaining because yep. he's like fully in the rotation. I didn't think he pitched that bad. Uh, he didn't pitch that great either. But I will say this for a second to get off the Braves. I really want to go back to Globe Life. Yeah, it's a great ballpark. That, I'll, I'll definitely be going back there for like any time I'm in the area. If there's a baseball game that's interesting going on, I'll try to go there. Yeah. It's that, one of the best stadiums I've been to. That stadium, it's fucking huge. <clears throat> uh, really good food. I had some uh, brisket egg rolls, mm. which were like gross and decadent and fantastic. But they've got like bluebell ice cream, like boozy shakes and shit that on our level that we were at. It's fucking. 
I had a good time at that stadium. Yeah. Expensive as shit, but. It, it, it's, there, there's a lot, but I just bought tickets in the Lexus Club and everything's free yeah. after that. So that was, that's pretty nice, too. Can't complain about that place. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, like with the amount of money I end up spending on beer, like you need to like work that out with like, okay, may, the suite's only an extra $150. Mm. What am I going to be spending on <laughs> food and drink in the game? Like I might as well just go and get that. Yeah. Also, some <clears throat> fucking chick kept giving me dirty looks when my baby would whine. Like he never cried, but every once in a while you get bored and just be like, eh. It's and, a baby. It's a baby. She would and turn it's around. a fucking baseball game. What do you like? Hold. It's not golf, right? Fuck off, dude. The people are gonna make noise. It's pretty funny. I was like, um, she was like clearly eighteen, and I and like I was upset because I was like, a, you're not here with your dad. So how do you afford these seats? What's going yeah. on? And she, B, she's yeah. You look like a teen pregnancy waiting to happen. Mm. Like, please just. That's probably why she was upset. She just killed her baby this weekend. And, <laughs> dude, uh, why you can? Yeah. Well, six weeks. Um. <clears throat> yeah, it was. Uh, it was a fun experience. Nice to see the Braves. Um, obviously would have liked to see Max. He's lighting it up this year. Yeah. Uh, he and Kyle Wright both are just fucking lights out so far this year. And Ian Anderson finally kind of looked like himself. Today, today. for sure, yeah. I, he was still, I mean, I really think there's just generally been some bad luck. I, I only look up Team Babbitt really quick because... Uh, yeah. It really feels like the Braves get like exit velo yeah. and Babbitt to death. Well, his like, his constantly his whip today was he he pitched six innings, uh, three hits, two walks. So he had a sub one whip today, which is against a team like the Mets who have been pretty hot. That's good, and he's had um, that. That's the let's see third out of the last four games where his whip's been under one. Yeah. So don't get confused by his one three eight whip now. Uh, that's a little. That's a little higher than reality. He took a, it took him a little bit to get his uh, release point. I think he's going to be. It'll be interesting to see the next couple of games he pitches because, um, it does seem like he's kind of figured it out a little bit. And you know, the other, <clears throat> the other part of that is, uh, Elder is uh, kind of the same. It looks like he's having the same problems that Ian Anderson and Charlie Morton have had, which is just to say. They throw all three of those guys have a fuckload of movement on pretty much everything they throw. Yeah, and that only works if you know, kind of have a gen- like you can't have a game plan unless you have a pretty general idea where the ball is going in the first place. Yeah. Um. So, uh, that's definitely been fucking with them, and I think we're gonna see as May goes on, Morton and Elder lock it up a little more. And it it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. I mean, the Braves have been pretty anemic offensively. They have spurts. Like, they scored nine runs a day, but they'll probably go fucking hitless tomorrow, right? Right. It's the type of thing, yeah, where they're like, oh, they're averaging five runs a game, but it's 9-0. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's fucking up. Braves are actually right dead ass in the middle of the league in uh, batting average on balls and play. Yeah. Four pitching, a 284. So they're actually getting good luck, not bad luck, um, which is kind of unfortunate to see. Um they did. They dropped that series to the Rangers. That's pretty fucking annoying, personally. Like, I feel like between Saturday and Sunday, like one of those games, they sh- like they win Friday pretty pretty easily. Like it was a nice win. Uh, like everything went right, and then yeah, they just. And it almost feels like that's part of the character of the team. Like the 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 leader of this team is Austin Riley, right? Right. But he's not. 
I, I don't know if I think that's the next step for him. He's become uh, elite defensively at third base, and he's always been elite as a hitter um, for the most part. The next thing is being a leader, clubhouse leader, right? Mm-hmm. Like becoming actually becoming Chipper Jones at some point, right? Like that—that's the next thing. So, I think that's something that the team lacks, and you can see it as a team, and you can also like from the from the way they approach the game early in the season. Um, and you can also see it at the individual level because Danzu Swanson and Adam Duvall and Ozzie Alves and uh, 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 Ozuna, they all play better when, or they, they hit better when there's two outs. Mm-hmm. Runners on and two outs. Their numbers are all all four of those guys. Like four key parts of the Braves' offense are all quite a bit better, and not just this year or last year, but throughout their entire careers. When the game's on the line, and the same thing is seems to be true for some of these younger pitchers as well. Like they they definitely have the ability to lock it down when shit goes sideways, but it seems like almost like a closer with too big of a lead. They right. lose. They lose focus yeah. too easily. Now that wasn't the case. It's definitely not the case with Max. He's a fucking that dude's he's locked in. He's yeah. locked in. Soroka was the same. Yeah, he could. Soroka could have been up or down by ten, and you would never know the difference. But the other guys, you can tell, and that's a lack of leadership somewhere, right? And it's maybe maybe could be coaching. <clears throat> might not be. Might not be players. I don't know. Kranitz is a pretty good pitching coach, but it could be like if you're a good pitching coach, you know. You want to be. I feel like you really want to delegate that to one of the members of your staff, like your yeah. your number one starter or somebody. Maybe maybe it's Morton, but he's never really been a big outspoken guy. I, I think Freed and and Riley are the guys that need to step up and and get these guys going. Albies is trying. He yelled at Ozuna last week. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. I mean, we can talk about it now actually, since we're talking about team leaders. So that was kind of the biggest like leadership situation. Uh, that we've seen so far. And that was always like the fucking question, mm. right? After Freddie left, like, who's the team leader now? Yeah. And whatever. And it's like, it seems like it's pretty clearly Ozzy Albies is in the, in the pole position as far as team leadership goes. Yeah. And that, that clip the other day of Ozuna uh, didn't break home on a pass ball. Mm. Although I'm not sure he should have actually, like, I don't know that he could have actually scored, but the bigger <clears throat> problem was that he was clearly caught asleep yeah, Either he just, he just kind of like paused and then turned around and walked back to the base. And I, I don't know if Ozzy, like I don't, I don't know what, exactly what he said, but from his body language and what he was doing with his hands, or not with his hands, but what he was doing with his feet, he was saying, hey, you've got to fucking be bouncing down the line yeah. when that happens just in case. I think he, it was more about the approach and not the execution. You, you can literally see him in that video be like, like imitate Ozuna being dumb or whatever. He was yeah. just like... Ooh, oh, like yeah. it, like you see Ozzy like doing that in the video, so it's clearly saying to Ozuna like you weren't fucking paying attention. Yeah, I mean uh, accountability is a big thing. How do you think Ozuna feels about getting that from Albies, who is like pretty decently his junior, I think, right? Like, yeah, but I don't know if that really in baseball. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that sort of thing comes into play that much. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if somebody. It's 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 baseball. Baseball is big boy rules, right? You're like you don't have a coach for every position like you do in football. 
Uh, you don't have like a basketball team has a head coach and six assistants, I think yeah. typically, and that's uh, seven dudes for fifteen players. Yeah, right. Baseball, you've got like five coaches, kind of right. Right, and it's for twenty five dudes plus the entire forty man roster. But one of the coaches is down in the bullpen all the time. He's the bullpen coach, right? right? And there's a hitting coach, and you only see them like they're in the dugout, right? Who's yeah. the hitting? Is it Walt Weiss? He's the bench coach. Who's He's the, the bench coach. coach? Hitting coach. The bullpen uh, coach is Eddie Perez. Uh, Rick Cranis is the pitching coach, right? So the, the the guys you see in the dugout all the time. Kevin are, Seitzer is the yeah, Seitzer. Coach. Yeah, that's right. The guys you see in the dugout all the time are going to be the head coach, Snitker, and you're going to see Kranitz, the pitching coach, and you're going to see Walt Weiss, the bench coach. Those are the three dudes you see all the time. Yeah. Um, it's different. You know what I mean? It's big boy rules. They have – so I don't know if any – I don't know how deep you guys get into baseball, but there's something called kangaroo court in baseball. And if you make a stupid play on the bases or you whatever, you do something dumb or make an error, you cost them the game, or you if you show up, if you're a rookie and you don't fucking do the right stuff, or if you show up dressed like a fucking dummy and people start making fun of you, you get fined. Yeah. And all the money goes into a pool and you buy something for the team or have a party or something at the end of the year or you give it to charity. They, they do all sorts of weird shit with it. But it's kind of a self-policing organization more so than uh, I would say any of the other major sports. Baseball is kind of designed that for way. For sure. To I mean, you big hear about like, uh, players-only meetings in every sports yeah. and shit like that. But yeah, baseball is... There, baseball, you, well, maybe football has a bigger, like, what, basically, like, teacher-to-student ratio, classroom size, I guess you could call it. Uh, maybe. I mean, there's a coach for every position, though. Yeah, and then an assistant coach for every yeah. position, too. So Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a big-boy club. And I think the be- the best coaches are guys, not 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 dudes who are in the players' ears all the time, but be- who guys who are developing individual leaders on the roster. Yeah, and then using them to fucking propagate yeah. their message or or attitude or whatever it is. And I haven't seen that from the this Braves team just yet. But that Freddie just left, so it's a work in progress. It'll be interesting to see how it develops. Yeah. I would I would think that it will be some combination of uh, uh, Riley Albies in the field, and then obviously Max Freed from the from the pitcher standpoint. But although you know what's weird is Max does <clears throat> just doesn't strike me as tight. No, I was going to say it's it's most of the time it's not a dude in your rotation. It's somebody older in your fucking bullpen. Yeah, that kind of is the the house mother or whatever the fuck you want to call it for I mean, that kind the of stuff. bullpen's good they got fucking jansen and smith and then obviously the younger guys like matzik and minter i mean they just proved their fucking medal in the world series yeah. so i you know i don't think the if there's one place that definitely doesn't lack uh leadership or cohesiveness mm. i think the bullpen's pretty good to go yeah but it's not just about it's not only just about performance or whatever or it's it's about holding people and yourself accountable and giving instruction and guidance where it's needed and and support and understanding where it's needed it's kind of like being a fucking parent almost you know what i mean that's Wouldn't, what no i don't know what you mean yeah that, i mean that was that's what it was that's what it's like in in any leadership position and even in the military like you're you're not trying to squeeze all the moisture out of a stone, right? You're yeah. trying to develop somebody that can do the job 
as well as you can and then teach other people to do the job as well as they can and so on and so forth. So now, instead of trying to worry about these people doing their job, we're all doing our job at 100% efficiency. That's the goal. And uh, I, I just feel like these, these slow starts are a lack of focus and leadership. So it'll be interesting to see how it develops this year. Do you think, uh, so this is kind of a funny thing, like prior to the uh, domestic stuff, Mm. I feel like Azuna was a little bit of a leader in like 20 and 19. Yeah. I'm sorry, 21 and 20. Yeah. uh, Especially for the Latin guys. Yeah, particularly for them. Yeah, for sure. Because because I mean, like (laughs) Freddie didn't speak Spanish. So Ozzy's nice to have as a, a higher rank at this point yeah. i guess you could call it almost because he's like apparently like quadlingual like or he speaks like five he's from languages. curacao yeah. like andrew jones was the same way he speaks yeah. french and fucking english and spanish and all kinds of other bullshit fucking dutch knows? or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah dutch like he, yeah he speaks a million languages yeah so but i wonder like is azuna kind of like i'll take a back seat because maybe mess, mess i mean maybe, he, he probably feels like he needs to prove himself again i yeah. would if i were him yeah like you you can't leave the team hanging Right. During a World Series run and then come back and act like you're the fucking guy. Right. You can't. Especially I mean, just, leaving the team hanging for kind of like fucked up moral yeah. reasons or whatever you want to yeah. call it. But even if it was just like an injury. Yeah. Still, I think you got to work your way back in and redemonstrate your value. Uh, use the dentist system, preferably. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it's, it's, <clears throat> it is what it is. I mean, the Braves are slow starters in general. They right. always have been for the entire time I've been a fan of their team. Oh, I remember. And this predates this current iteration of the Braves team. Uh, so there's been like three iterations of the Braves in my life, mm. I feel like. There's been the 90s Braves, obviously, which really lasted until like 2005. And then there's been the Freddie Gonzalez, like late stage Bobby Cox, Freddie Gonzalez Braves. And then there's the current, the Snicker Braves, basically. Mm. Um, all three of those teams were just like infuriatingly slow. I mean, just jacked April off yeah. every time to the point where it's like, why are you a game over 500 or three games under 500 right now? Like, what, 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 how? How are these games different? And I guess, you know what? I'd rather go, uh, whatever, like 12 and four in, in September than, than April. But. It's definitely infuriating, so it kind of brings us to our next thing, two things, really. The Braves just earned a pretty big split against the Mets, I think. I think that was huge. Uh, winning that game today was big, yeah. I know it's Certainly. May, whatever the fuck. May the 4th be with you. No. Uh, <laughs> no. But uh, I, I really did not want to drop 3-1 to the Mets, especially fucking three in a row, because we won game one, right? And that's kind of... Yeah, it, that would have that been... Not great, especially because it would have put us eight back, mm. which is like like we said last game, like we or last episode, like we say all the time, like you can't win a division in April, May, but you could maybe lose it. And yeah. being on the edge of a double digit deficit at any point in the season is bad. Like you don't want to be a bad series away from being double digits mm. back. So pretty big win, I think. Six. I'll take six games back. Like that's fine, but. Uh, well, first off, what did you see from the Mets series? Uh, Freed had a nice game. Anderson had a nice game. The doubleheader, not so fucking good. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Freed is he's a pretty good guy, pretty good pitcher. Dude, he is, I swear to God, we, we, we said this 
going into game six of the World Series last year, we were just like, all right, man, you, you the guy now? Yeah. You going to be the guy? Yeah, he's definitely the stopper on this team now. Yep. There's no question about that. Um, he, uh, he, he's looked extremely good this year. He's had some bad luck. Um, he's now gone four consecutive starts without walking a person. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's only got one walk all season, and it was in the first game to the Reds, and I think it was on a 3-2 pitch. <laughs> so um, he's been – he is he, – he's a mid to high 90s guy, which is not necessarily exceptional in today's game, but attacks the zone, yeah. attacks it constantly. He doesn't fucking – like he, he's, he's changed the way he pitch. I think maybe – just growing up as a left-hander and seeing the kind of left-handers that existed in baseball, aside from fucking Randy Johnson, most of those guys were nibblers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you probably have some proclivity to do that, but over the last two seasons especially, well, two and a half, last two and a half seasons, he has just uh, started to attack, attack, attack all the time. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> the more he gets down with runners on base, the more strikes he throws. So... Uh, you know, something that some of the other Braves pitchers could learn from him. I know there's still yeah. this, these sinker guys, like those three sinker guys, Elder, uh, uh, Morton, and Anderson are just kind of finding the touch. You got to find the touch on your sinkers, no question about that. But uh, that's something, attack the zone, man. Uh, Ian finally did it today. He mm-hmm. had a couple of walks still, but um, with runners on base, he was pitching to fucking ground ball contact. That's his game. He doesn't need to strike anybody out. Like he's probably going to average three strikeouts a game this year. Yeah. If I had to guess, and that's good for him. And I don't give it. Yeah, I truly don't give a fuck about Ian no. Anderson striking people out unless the bases are loaded. <clears throat> like really, like, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I will. I, I agree with you. That is the biggest thing I've seen from Max Fried this year, uh, and I guess late last year too. Is like, yeah, he just pumps the fucking zone. Mm-hmm. He's like fucking hit it. And especially this year, we were talking about before the before the show. I think like if you're a fly ball pitcher, and Fried is a little bit of a fly ball pitcher. Yeah. Uh, just fucking put your shit in there. Especially the ball's dead. Especially right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw that Cody Bellinger fly out to center last night, but it was it was high thigh high, so just below belt high and outer third, right? And it's Cody Bellinger six three hits it. He, I mean, he fucking clubbed it right yeah. to center field, which you, I've seen him hit that ball fucking 20 rows deep, a bunch. Yeah. And he connected on it as hard as I've seen him connect on a ball, and it died on the warning track. I'm not even at the warning track, right? And, the, and you can hear the frustration in the fucking announce, the Dodgers announcer's voice. He hits it and uh, just crush it. You can hear the fucking ball crush. And... um. You can see it start to die on the warning uh, right before the warning track, and the announcer's like, "Come on, man! Like everybody's getting sick of this shit." And speaking of getting sick of shit, uh, is it? Does it feel to you? I watch more than just Braves games. I watch a lot of baseball. Right? Does it feel to you like the umpires are particularly bad this year? I mean, it feels that way. Like I, I I've been watching a lot of games, and I see. Uh, a lot a lot of this yeah just i don't watch any games as closely as the braves games but i mean i'm seeing that complaint across the internet twitter reddit whatever like it is everywhere to the point where it it feels like it's more than just like your standard bitching about the refs type of situation yeah uh speaking of that dead ball thing by the way 
the Giants pitcher who gave that fly out up to Cody Bellinger, mm-hmm. he said that he didn't even turn around because he thought that Bellinger's ball or like he just he said as soon as Bellinger made contact, something like that, he 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 was like, That ball is gonna kill somebody in the tenth row. Yeah. Like he yeah. he thought that ball was fucking <clears throat> murdered. Even yeah. he thought it. Ridiculous. So yeah, man, put your stuff in the zone. Yeah, you got to. Uh and for the rest of the series with the Mets, um, it was kind of the same as that Rangers series. The Braves right now, they're striking out a lot. Yeah. Um, and they're making some what I consider to be middle of the road pitchers look like fucking all stars. That that Hearns kid from Texas on Sunday, he's got he came to that game with like a seven fifty ERA and they couldn't they couldn't uh do anything. They couldn't fucking touch the ball against him. Um, and it wasn't like he was doing anything out of the ordinary. He was throwing 94-mile-per-hour fastballs with some amount of movement, but not much. And right. he's, he doesn't have a funky delivery or anything. He comes right over the top. They just look like shit against him. Um, they made Dunning look like a fucking god on yeah, Saturday. They made, I mean, like, they made Dunning dude. look good. They made, uh, frankly, I'm not a huge fan of uh, uh, Carrasco. I think he's a little bit beyond his prime. But yeah. he, he's the type of pitcher that if you – fall into his game that he will dominate you and they just like they had no plan up there they just fell right into his game no carrasco dominated last night which he's on my fancy team so i, I can yeah, live with that i guess but. He, he looks good so far this year but again he's the kind of guy that if you go up there with the right game plan you can fucking beat him most of the time for sure i will say this about <clears throat> carrasco and why i think the mets it's part of the reason I think the mets are a problem like just to look at it this way if the rays picked up carrasco you'd be like oh what do they know Right, like yeah, that they're like that's the type of guy who who has a lot of talent, who might be over the hump, but like you can still you can still get some juice out of that. Yeah, I mean, look, this, uh, those guys that have stuck around that long are good at one or two things, and if if you let them do those one or two things, they're going to beat you. You have to get them out of their game. But that's the strength of having a manager like fucking Buck Showalter, right? Yeah, he's an old school baseball dude. He's a smart guy. You, if you listen to him doing broadcasts and analysis uh, for ESPN over the last couple of years, he's not some Luddite that's anti-fucking data or anything like that. He's not one of those dudes that was back in the day calling Bill James a heretic or anything. <laughs> right. um, but again, he's, he's like an old-school baseball dude that understands leadership matters. I, the Mets have not had that for a fucking long time. I mean, a long time. And it's... If... <clears throat> If the Mets end up uh, in the playoffs, winning the division, maybe having success in the playoffs, winning a World Series, it will be because of Buck Showalter and nobody else. Like you could have added, if you had added uh, Scherzer last year or the year before or even the year before, like 20, anytime, 2018, 17, 18, mm-hmm. whatever, that I would have like, uh, like, oh, that's cool. Like they're going to yeah. get one win per series now good good for them like it's the mets they suck right yeah. but it seems like Showalter's got those guys playing the right way uh dude that is and that's why i think the mets are legit like the title of the episode officially a fucking problem mm-hmm. because they finally have <laughs> some sort of like stabilizing force yeah that they haven't had in what like 20 30 years like this is it is this is honestly in many ways the equivalent of bringing Dusty Baker onto the Astros yeah. so that they, that the cheating stuff didn't spi- like the cheating stuff didn't consume the organization and make it like spiral out of fucking control. Like Showalter, you know what Showalter did last time he managed a team? 
He made the Orioles look competent. They yeah. played in the ALCS. Yep. The fucking Orioles. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... And it takes more than a manager and shit, obviously, like that. You can't... It's not like football or even, like, college basketball or something where you can uh, scheme your way to a certain amount of wins and shit. Yeah. But, like... <clears throat> There is something to be said, especially in the regular season, for a stabilizer, for someone who like keeps it professional and intelligent yeah. and doesn't let weird shit happen or minimizes the weird shit type of situation. And this is legitimately the first time the Mets have been competently coached since, I don't know, Bobby Valentine, who was a character, but who was... Yeah. I mean, Terry Collins is okay, but he, he gets more credit than he deserves Mm -hmm. considering the composition of that team. I mean, they had people that uh, like Ioannis Cespedes at his prime and they had a ton of depth. They had Conforto and Kadir and Granderson uh, and uh, Eric Young at the tail end of his career still on that team, right? Like they had super good depth. In the outfield, uh, they had fucking Daniel Murphy, who was hitting like 30 home runs a year then. Right. From second base. They had, You're talking about the team that lost to the Royals in the World Series? Yeah, the 2016 team, yeah. 15. Uh, it's it, Well, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah same, same group, <clears throat> for sure. They had Darno, and then they had like their rotation was, like, say what you want about. DeGrom Bar- was like the fourth. Yeah, DeGrom was the fourth. It was Bartolo Colon, Yuri's Familia, uh, uh, Matt Harvey, and fucking uh, Thor. Thor, Syndergaard, when when his arm still worked properly. Although he looks pretty good this year. But uh, yeah, they had like a very good team that was a really good mix of young pitchers with a couple of like Bartolo Colon, like an older statesman involved. And uh, the rest of the team, the roster was good. Like they had a really good team. And also they had a good mix of young players and veterans that have had playoff experience. Was Justin Turner still there? Or was um, he on the was he on the Dodgers by then? I don't think Turner was on that team. I think their f- third baseman was Juan Uribe. I believe God, Juan Uribe is immortal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turner left in twenty thirteen. <clears throat> um, but yeah, he they he, he probably gets too much credit for that. I agree. I don't think that was a very well coached team. Um, and you could tell, like I, the Cubs in the fucking NLCS, they looked like dog shit. They barely scraped by the Dodgers in the division series. And uh, the and Royal- that was a loaded-ass Cubs team. Yeah, and the Royals fucking lit them up. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I, what was it, 4-1, to one, yeah, I think? Yeah, it was a five-game series. Yeah, that, that was – you don't really want to see that. And I, I want to say the Mets blew, like, four leads in that series. Yeah. I mean, In, in that, five games. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Valentine was okay, right? Yeah, he wasn't like, brilliant. He wasn't, he wasn't great or anything. This is the first time they've had – an exceptional coach. And I think Showalter isn't Joe Torrey or Bobby Cox or anybody like that, but he's like pretty fucking close. Yeah. In my opinion, I think he's one of the better coaches in baseball history just from a character standpoint. And I I know there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, like, like they say baseball managers matter the least in terms of like any sports coach or like managers don't even make that much of a difference within the sport or whatever, but uh, like there's something to be said for your professional baseball team being professional. Kind of reminds me of uh, what they say about like generals or whatever, uh, like strategies for amateur amateurs mm. or amateurs logistics are for professionals. Yeah, like yeah. that's what you need. You don't necessarily yeah. need 
Buck Showalter to make like the perfect fucking bullpen move yeah. every game. <clears throat> what you need is like a well-oiled machine that's every day working mm. in the right direction. All this shit, blah yeah. blah blah. He clears the brush so everybody can see clearly, and he takes care just by having that air of professionalism neutralizes a lot of stupid bullshit that derails teams over the course of a year. I really like Buck Showalter. I'm glad he's back in baseball and not in the booth anymore, although I'm sure he enjoyed the booth as well. Um, Slightly unfortunate that it has to be in the NL East. but Yeah, I would have loved for him to come to the Braves, but I don't think that ever would have happened. They only no. promote from within. You know, who else, you know where else I would have loved to see him? Uh is and we'll talk about this team well, in a White, bit. I would the, like to see him at the White Sox, to be honest. The Angels, the Angels, yeah, Angels like would that. be a great spot for him. Some traditionally underperforming team. Yeah, when you, you put a guy like that on there, then things change pretty rapidly, as you can see with the fucking Mets. I mean, nobody underperforms like the Mets and Knicks. No, they should no make one. him. They should make him the Knicks coach too. To be honest, <laughs> he doesn't know shit about basketball, but I bet he'll be a better coach than anybody that's coached the Knicks right. since Phil fucking Jackson. Uh, or Pat Riley. Or Pat Riley, yeah. I guess. He was he was more well Phil is just the president, right? He, yeah, he I didn't don't think actually he coach, yeah. But yeah, it's it's god damn the Mets are fucking like they really this was the exact right thing to do with for them and I think He's the white Dusty Baker. He is. And I, I kinda think you can already throw out the Braves being the favorite for this division. I kinda think it's a dead heat. Uh for sure, yeah. Like I think We'll we'll see. I mean, they the Mets still have some questions that need answering. So do the Braves, I suppose. But I think the Mets have more questions. Like the the Braves are the questions they have right now are a matter of some sinker ballers finding the release point and getting loose yeah. and getting the best player in baseball synced back up into your lineup. Right? You know what I mean? Those are pretty decent problems to have. Having your number one starter be a guy who gets injured every single fucking year and your number two starter, a 39-year-old, not optimal, right? Not like, optimal, a lot but of things I, could I think go Max wrong. will probably be all right. Max will be fine. Uh, it's Bassett and Carrasco have stepped up this year so far, Yeah, and maybe that's just because Scherzer's on the team, and he, he definitely is a clubhouse guy that holds people accountable. He doesn't take any bullshit from anybody. Did you see him get tossed the other day? Yeah, he'll get tossed out of games he's not even in Yeah, all the time. Uh, I, as a matter of fact... Somebody should start tracking that as a stat, like how many fucking starting pitchers have been tossed from games that they didn't actually pitch in. I guarantee you he's up at the top of that list. He's got to be, at Um, least in the modern era, leading that by a fucking mile. Yeah, but Pete Alonso uh, is, his OPS is under 800 right now. He's a slow starter, though. He's a big dude. Uh, McNeil's looked really good. Lindor is, is, he's close. Yeah. Like he's better than last year, but he still hasn't really fucking gotten into the swing of things yet. I think um, people have always, I think, o- overrated his bat a little bit. Yeah, like he wrc pluses in in like the like one twenty is like a good year for him, yeah. and that's good. But when you're talking about a dude who's supposed to be an MVP candidate yeah. every year potentially, like that's not nearly fucking enough. Yeah, I think at this point in the season so far, their offense is overperformed. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see that consistently continue. Uh, but they got like Edwin Diaz is he might be the best closer in baseball. I don't know yet. We'll see. Like, yeah. Closers are year to year, you never know. But he he looks really fucking good this year. Um Adovino looks pretty good. He had a rough day today, but for the most part this season he's been pretty good. So they've got a good core. I just uh, you know, th- this is gonna be a really interesting 
battle between the National League East and the National League West and the Central will have nothing to say about who wins that fucking... I mean, uh, it might be a slap fight. The Cardinals could... Cardinals are looking all right so There's going to be a slap fight in the Central. It yeah. just won't affect anybody else, right, right, is, right. is what I think. That's, that makes we'll sense. Uh, I want to get to the ads real quick <laughs> before we move on to the next thing. If you love sports and you love making money, then mybookie.com is the place for you. Not only does betting with mybookie.com make every game more exciting, but when you sign up using the promo code DRINKINGBROS, your first deposit is instantly doubled up to $1,000. With thousands of bets to make on all your favorite sports, there's no shortage of ways for you to win at mybookie.com. Obviously, right now we have the NBA playoffs going on. Uh, I got to say, if you're going to bet on the NBA playoffs and you don't know much about maybe necessarily like the teams and shit like that, I would advise going on props. Uh, John Morant points over, probably pretty solid every I, time. Yeah, what, what was it? Last, he scored 47 yeah. last night. But yeah. I mean, like, what, what, what was the over-under? It was probably like in the mid-30s, you would think, right? Er, low 30s. They, they, it's, it's, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a points over-under pre-game be like 35. Mm. Like, it's usually between 29 and 31 for the high scores. Don't you think, Dan? What do you usually see? That sounds right. No? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> but I love the pro- uh, I love betting props like that, like John Morant, Steph Curry, anybody like that. I like, well, I like the, betting props. The problem with betting Steph is that he may score 18 or 20, and Jordan Poole's got 40. You know what I mean? But right. one of those two guys is going to fucking dump in 30 or 40 points yeah. every time. Giannis is another good one to do that on. Yeah. Uh, any, just anybody like that. Anybody who's – especially if it's like a – a must-win game, or or the other team looks like they're on their heels, and that you think the superstar is just going to roll them over. Yeah. I, I like betting props like that because I NBA like straight lines are tough for me a lot of times. Uh, so I, I I personally prefer that. So get off the couch, get in the game with mybookie.com, and turn your love of sports into your new side hustle. Head to mybookie.com today and use the promo code Drinking Bros to get your first deposit instantly doubled up to one thousand dollars. Start winning today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Mm. I also, as we said before, uh, there's a good one on my bookie right now. It's the Nationals at Rockies. Over under for total runs is ten and a half. Like in Colorado, Patrick Corbin's pitching. Like he's probably going to give up three or four home runs himself. <laughs> That's a pretty safe. Anyways, the only place home runs still happen. <sighs> Nobody has a problem hitting home runs there. Yeah, That's for sure. So. uh Kyle Wright, I want to talk to you about him real quick because mm. he had another great start. Um, I want to say he's fifth in wins above replacement right now. Yeah, fifth in the league in wins above replacement, already worth one win. What like the fuck? What the fuck is he doing right right now? Um, that he wasn't doing before. What's he? Well, let, hold on. Let me. Uh, I'm looking on this sheet here. Like he's not walking anybody, striking out over ten. He's uh, he's fourth now. Per, he's I fifth think. on Fangrass. Mm, it's a different calculation. I see. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah, he's well. Yeah, that game against the Cubs, he walked a few, but they he also struck out quite a bit, and um. Uh. uh no hits, like three hits, right in the game. Yeah. But it, it's been. It just feels like he's feeling it now. Like he's the the difference between a good 
maybe even a really good pitcher. The difference between an all-star and a Hall of Famer is consistency. Mm-hmm. And you're not always going to have – like there's parts of consistency you, you can't control. You may not have your best velocity this day. You may not have your best movement or control this day. But if you can win without either one of those three things, then now you're, now you're at a different level. And I think he's at a different he, – it's pretty young in his career, but every fucking game he's pitched this year has been a little bit different. Like he's, he's uh, against the Cubs the other day. He walked four guys, but he struck out eight and only gave up three hits in seven innings. He had a one whip for that game. Yeah. That's, that's pretty goddamn good for a starting pitcher <laughs> and any, under any circumstances. Um, yesterday, uh, seven innings again. Like that's kind of where he, where he is right now. Nine hits, but only one walk, right? Right. Like it, it's, and he only had three strikeouts in that game too. And he's, you know, uh, against the Marlins uh, two weeks ago, 11 Ks, four hits, one walk. Like he's, he finds a different way to win every single game, and that is what you like to see. Like his velocity isn't different than it was last year. The ball movement isn't different, but the command is there. And shit, man. I mean, he looks fucking good. And what's, what's nice to see too is, by the way, like even in a quote-unquote like game where he's struggling, you only give up three runs. Yeah. Uh, seven innings. Yep. Like he's not, he's not doing it in like five, mm-hmm. you know, like he's actually like eating innings. He's getting deep into games. He hasn't, I mean, he pitched five in the second game, but I mean, it's the other ones are six, six, seven, seven. Yeah. I mean, and before the season started, he had a negative five career wins above replacement. Right. Um, his career whip was somewhere in like the one seven range. Not good. Two bits, basically two base runners yeah. in inning. It's not good. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Something, something has clicked for this young man. Maybe that's why they like I. We we've asked over the last couple of seasons, like, what the fuck? Why why is this guy still around? Uh, he's got like a fucking six career ERA, right? Uh, but whatever it was, he put it together. I think it's command for a guy like that. How much do you think he got much confidence out of his? Uh Real good uh, go in the two World games Series in the postseason. Year. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean the sure. World Series. He was, all, I think, all but like he pitched like four point two innings in that World Series game or something like that. Like mm-hmm. he basically like we what we brought in an opener for the first dude or something. Yeah, and then <clears throat> Wright took over for the rest of that game. Yeah, I think it's like uh, we we talk about the the great athletes consistency focus is one of the things right. That's like that's especially for a pitcher. You're out there by yourself. You're not like a, as a hitter, you're preparing, you're watching balls come out of the chute and hitting off the tee and all this other stuff. You're working on your reaction time and your mechanics and stuff like that. And sure, that's to some degree important for a pitcher, but there's also, and it's something that at when I was pitching in high school, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like at my, my fucking dumb autism ADD brain was just thinking about too much shit and I couldn't focus on the one thing that I was trying to do. And I think the only way to survive in a, in a game like that where there's 60,000 people in the stands and everybody in the world is watching you is you either fucking learn to focus or you buckle and you, we never see you again. Yeah. And it seems like you're probably right. It's the same thing that happened to Max. Like the, his success in the postseason, the next season led directly to him becoming the dude. And um, maybe that's what we're seeing here. You know what I mean? Some dudes are different. Like Soroka is... is I don't know. He's 
he just has always been great. I mean, no yeah, he, he <clears throat> in the one postseason he's pitched in was yeah brilliant. Yeah, uh, but so I think some people it's a for some people it's a talent and some people it's a skill. Yeah, like some people are able to tune all that out and focus on the mitt no matter what, and some people it takes them a while. And it, it seems like because you could tell. One of the pitches that he gets people out on is the just above the strike zone fastball, mm-hmm. and that is a very dangerous pitch, right? Too high, then it doesn't do its purpose. It's useless. Yeah. Like, it, you don't even get the swings on the low curveball because it's too obvious what's happening. Too low, that ball's gone, right? Yeah. Every the single dead time. It's fucking yeah. cranked. <clears throat> um, so, he, being able to command that pitch specifically is big for him. It's big. He's got 37 Ks in uh, 31 innings, only seven walks this year. That's the difference yeah. for him. Like his his uh, strikeout to walk ratio is 5.3, and for his career, it's 1.7. And it's not – he hasn't started – he doesn't have a new out pitch. His breaking ball's not any better. His fastball's not any faster. He's just locating. Well, he's the fucking ty- – he was. he's one of those dudes where it's like the stuff was already there. Yeah. Right? It was really just a matter of – And I think that's where Elder is, too. Yeah. Honestly, I like I, I want to see I would have loved to have seen um, and I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes with Elder necessarily, but I would love to see him in some high leverage situations for the Braves. Like, hey, like maybe before one of his starts, say, hey, this is a must win for us. Go out there and get this win. Mm-hmm. Put some pressure on him and see how yeah. he reacts to that, because he faced a lot of pressure in college and 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 did exceptional yeah. at that. I think maybe I some mean, of the, he was the Braves. uh I, minor league or maybe he was the minor league pitcher of the year yeah he had to be for sure last year definitely for the braves but maybe like overall oh yeah maybe i don't uh, know i mean but yeah he was an elite <clears throat> elite pitcher at an elite baseball school yeah it, in ut yeah i uh, just i think they need to it's early in the season he's a sinker ball pitcher you're gonna you have to expect some of this but five walks in a game four times so far this year i think or four it's four or more walks in the game four times this year unacceptable yeah. you can't do that I, that's the next step for him. I mean, if anything, if anyone gets pilfered for the for Strider from the rotation for Strider right now, it'd be probably Elder, right? Uh, probably, yeah. But, but they wouldn't put Elder in the bullpen. I think they'd just send him back down. If he needed more work, I don't think he does. I think he needs the mental part of it. Yeah, no, I, the, I think he needs major league reps as well. Yeah. Like I think it's I think it's time to just go ahead and do that because mm. he's already. I, I don't know what else he could do at the minor leagues at, in the minor leagues at this point. No. It, uh, yeah, I agree with you. And to be honest, and he's already, that's the weird thing too with, I, I think it really is, like you said, it's more just for Elder honing his craft because mm. when you pitch in college, you are pitching in pressure situations. Like those college pitchers yeah. aren't like, whatever, it's college, who cares? Yeah. Like that, that's kind of the advantage a lot of people are seeing from, and that's been a, a draft uh, 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 trend for a while, for like over a decade is, mm. is Teams have fallen in love a lot more with college pitchers in particular mm-hmm. because... Particular ones from the SEC. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, in general. But they, because they pitch in pressure situations. Like, they mm-hmm. obviously want to win those College World Series games, those conference championships, that type of shit. Like, yeah. they, they have heat on them. Whereas, you know, when you're pitching in double-A, whatever the fuck, as a 22-year-old, yeah. like, what are, you, <clears throat> what are you really doing? Like, you want to win and shit, but, like... There's no crowd going insane per se, like sometimes, but not. It's not the same. It's not. You don't have crazy alumni in the fans or in the stands, students. All well, they're also. Shit. It's not even just about the atmosphere, but they're playing to get drafted. Yeah, like when you're in the minor leagues, 
yeah, you want to get to the show and shit. There's no question about that. But if the message from management is, hey, we're gonna we're working to develop you. Don't necessarily worry about this or this or this. I think for some dudes that can be an impediment to success. Mm-hmm. For pitchers especially. Like, yeah, in spring training, go work on your pitches if it gets rocked or whatever the fuck. Who cares? But in real live games, it's what I talked about before. You see it with closers all the time. Some of these dudes can't operate unless there's a fucking weight on them. Yeah. Like, it has to... It's, it's something about cranking up their adrenaline and narrowing their focus. Like, your pupils get smaller and you just fucking do your job. I think... A lot of young pitchers need more pressure and more guidance, not less. Yeah. Like trying to baby them through the process doesn't fucking work. It doesn't. You see, like even Max, his first couple of years up, he was like a four ERA guy. Mm-hmm. And then he you put some pressure on that dude and fucking iron sharpens iron. It always happens like that. And Max was a guy out of high school <clears throat> who just, you know, yeah. got drafted and they were like, okay, here's the plan. We're going to move you up through the through the minors and you know you're gonna just keep honing your craft and stuff like that and it does kind of feel like with pitchers like that you don't i mean you can't like you you can't simulate live action per se right and i know that like technically minor league baseball is not technically minor league baseball is like literally live action but it's i just don't believe that any minor league setting except for like maybe the triple a championship because that's kind of a big deal to organizations yeah. is really the same sort of pressure that the college baseball world series is yeah you know yeah and i don't, I don't like the <clears throat> like through the 90s and early 2000s the braves and but but not just them everybody in baseball you bring up some young pitchers in august and september and throw them in for mop-up games i don't like that put them in high pressure situations you know what i mean where shit fucking to. matters yeah, if you can afford to, certainly. But, I mean, for the sake of the organization, how can you not afford to? What if what if going down the stretch in one of these pennant runs, instead of uh, giving Max an extra day of rest, they throw him like, hey, go out there and win this fucking game for us. I think it makes men. It turns boys into men when you put them in pressure situations. And, there, yeah, there's there's a fucking risk involved for sure. There's no <laughs> question about that. But that's that's what being... <clears throat> Being successful in competition is all about taking managed risk. Yeah. Right? That's, that's what it is. So that's, that's I don't know. But it'd be, it'd be fun to be a baseball coach. Agreed. Uh, Although they don't make that much money. Brittany was surprised to hear that Rick Kranitz only makes $110,000 a year. I mean, that's good money. Yeah, man. But yeah, but, but that's that, not it drops a lot. off yeah. a lot really quickly. Yeah, he's like the number two on the team, and he's making one hundred ten. Yeah. So it's not, not great money considering you spend what probably 120 days on the road a year or something like that yeah i mean mean? i guess it's good money if you're you basically don't need to pay for rent yeah i mean if you especially if you're in the playoffs it's 82 games for sure on the road yeah or 81 games on the road for sure and then uh whatever your travel days that you're on the road and all this other stuff that's a lot of work this article from 2021 says that his compensation was increased from 80k to 110k jesus christ that is like that's nothing for a major league baseball coach. I feel like that's fucking crazy. Um, I mean, baseball managers don't make that much money either compared to coaches and other or like. Oh no, not at all. There's uh, Joe Madden, Bruce Bochy, and Mike Sosha all make six million a year, and then after that, this is for 2018. After that, it's like 
three and a half, two and a half, one point three, yeah, so on. Not very much. Brian Snicker makes eight hundred k a year. He's lucky to get paid that. <laughs> I want. Um, I, I can't wait until Chipper's kids are older, so he'll come manage this fucking team. That would be. Okay, I'm looking at Ron Washington's salary now because Terry. Wanna... I think the highest paid manager right now is actually Terry Francona at four point two million. Okay. Uh, Ron Washington, they're saying he makes $1 million. Maybe, but he's been a manager before. Yeah. Uh, and he's also... The best infield coach of all time. The best infield coach of all time. I mean, <clears throat> I have this vision of Wash pulling like a Sandlot move where he's just like, hey, Chris Pratt, hold your glove out and I'll hit the ball right into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in uh, 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 he did with Smalls in the... In, I really feel like you see him. That was one of the cool things. I saw him doing some drills with uh, Austin Riley before the game. Yeah. Like, oh, that's weird. I've never seen anybody do that before, but clearly it works, right? Because he's a gold glove caliber. The difference between um, Riley on defense in 2019 versus now yeah. is fucking crazy. He's still never going to win. He he may never win a gold glove no. because Aaron Otto is so much. He's like a fucking shortstop that plays third base like he's he's i don't think anybody is even he he reminds me so much of uh like brooks robinson with just the natural hands but also very athletic and just a fucking hose yeah it doesn't matter from what position he throws the ball he's somebody uh ravage i think said it the other day they haven't had a web gems without him on it in like three years or something like that uh and it's just the top 10 plays of the of the week basically yeah yeah ridiculous he's fucking uh, wild speaking of red colored teams the angels are doing pretty well mike trout's mike trout he's back to being my trout hopefully he'll stay healthy uh yeah because he's fucking mashing he's like, at like 11 40 ops right now uh he's basically the mvp want like a top mvp candidate again yeah already uh where is he he's fourth in uh wins above replacement and Second in the uh, American League. Yeah, he's probably going to close out this season with um, with 350 home runs, um, and he'll be 31. Yeah, he. Uh, so he's 31 years old. Well, or he'll not be, 31. He'll yet. be 31 in August. He already he just passed Ken Griffey Jr. in total wins above replacement. Yeah, yeah, which is <clears throat> fucking insane. Yeah, he is a ridiculous human being. Just a big giant ball of muscle. Yeah. He loves um, weather and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's weird that he likes the Eagles. Uh, a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. South Jersey, right? Lot, um, Taylor Ward has been a nice surprise for them. He's yeah. lighting it up. I don't know how long that could possibly last, right? Right. Um, I think he just missed the cycle the other day. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's he's been a pretty decent big leaguer the last couple of years for them. He's hit, he's like a two seventy hitter. Yeah. Um, but nobody expected him. He had fifteen home runs coming into this year in four seasons, N- mixed results and not full seasons. But he has five home runs already this year. Right. OPS um, pushing at twelve or maybe over twelve. He's a, he's at like eleven ninety. Yeah. He's on pace for thirty home runs. I doubt it all. I doubt he'll do that, but he's probably going to hit 20 or 25. Right. That's been a nice treat for them, especially considering um, the fact that, that Otani's not hit well. And uh, Rendon is – he looks rough, man. 
Man, I don't know what happened. Anthony Rendon. Rendon was another dude who was like, you're like, is this like low key at like top ten player in the league? Yeah. And then like he just got to L.A. and died, and he's only 31. Like he's the same age mm. as Mike Trout. Basically, he's a year older than Mike Trout. Yeah, he was ripping off like four to six wins above replacement year after year after year, and he just hasn't looked. Um, he he looked okay in the. COVID year, yeah. but he got hurt like what three weeks in to the to last season, and he was even when he came back, he was never the same, and he doesn't look all that great now. Although he is, <clears throat> I feel like he's seeing the ball a little bit better. I've watched a couple of their games. He's yeah. he's walking more. Like he's, he's had he's had terrible luck the last two. I mean, he's got a two forty six yeah. batting average on balls in play right yeah. now. So, <clears throat> well, he's also driving the or he's popping the ball up a lot. Yeah, like he's seeing the ball more. Uh, because he's walking more, but I, I we'll see. Well, he, he's the type of dude too. So, like, what he had thirty four homers in twenty nineteen with the mm. with the Nats when they won the World Series or whatever. That was also like one of the juice ball years. Yeah. Before that, it was twenty four, twenty five, twenty. He had twenty one in twenty fourteen. Um, he's the type of guy, almost like uh, Dansby Swanson, where it's not. The, he's much better than Dansby Swanson, but it's the type of thing where it's like. He's a borderline 30 homer guy when mm. the ball is live. Yeah. Right? So he's the type of guy when you find out that the that you're swinging at a fucking boulder, yeah. that you might need to actually adjust the way you approach your at bats. Yeah. Like Def- you might you might need to level out a little more mm. or something like that. Like you can't necessarily just sell out for launch angle when you have that type of power as opposed to, you know, a Cunha or something like yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they, you know, the results have still been pretty well, pretty good. Otani's look good on the mound. He's pitching tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, fucking Syndergaard maybe just needed a change of scenery. Yeah. Because he looks really good. Um, <clears throat> sub one whip for him, which, uh, by the way, has not been the case for him throughout his career. No. Uh, especially not lately. And Otani, his ERA, <laughs> I think, is over four, but his whip is 109. Yeah. So, like, he's... He's had some bad luck, too. He's, yeah. he's been... Uh, yeah, but Syndergaard looks like he did when he was, like, in his early 20s again, which is really nice for them. Uh, I still don't understand why have Otani in the rotation. Make him your fucking closer. They have I, a closer, though. I know, I know that <laughs> he's... Uh, Iglesias is actually one of the better closers in baseball, too. Um, but at this point, trade him for a fucking starting pitcher and make yeah. Otani your closer. I don't understand this. I don't, why, why expose him to so much potential injury when he's, when he can put up a legit seven war from, from the plate yeah. every single year. And then whatever he gets as a closer. So, and he definitely has the velocity to be a closer. Yes. Uh, but here's my question. I was actually thinking about that. I think it was before he'd obviously be DHing, but like, what do you, does they he made use? a new rule for him. I know. Like and they would do it again too, but you can't take him out and then put him back in. Of like you can't he can't correct right. So the he would be the DH and then when he uh, went to pitch he would still be the DH and when he came out from pitching he would still be the DH. They Here, would make a new rule for him. Here's my question that. though: Is what does he have enough time to do the bullpen stuff? Depend like because it would depend on when the like where the order was. Right, uh, it's the eighth sure, inning yeah. and. So yeah. that's kind of fucked up. It could be, yeah, maybe. But it's not like, it's, as far as how you schedule out your week and everything, you usually to throw two bullpens between each start, right? Right. So he's already doing all this stuff. I'm just talking, I know you're talking about in the game. Right. Is he going to have time to go warm up? 
um, you would have to work around that, obviously. And that's totally dependent on the way the game shakes out yeah. in terms of where your lineup is <laughs> in the eighth inning or whatever yeah. the fuck. Or, you know, what if he hits, <laughs> what if he hits a two run homer in the, uh, you know, top of the ninth? <laughs> To uh, give him a one-run lead. Yeah, maybe he's just warming up in the fucking tunnel. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know, but it's it makes more sense to me to use him that way than it does to use him the way they use him. Sure. Like, it, every single year, he's missed at least one start so far, if not two. And that's going to happen every fucking year. Yeah. I don't like it. It's It seems like... <sighs> trade this world-class closer you have for a fucking world-class starter... Um, and you know, I don't know. It's my opinion. I've said this for years now, ever since he came into the league. Uh, Patrick Sandoval looks great too, by the way, although he's, um, like his wins are against Cleveland and Miami and, uh, the one against Houston. He looked, he actually looked pretty good. Made Cleveland look bad. Yeah. Cleveland's doing better than i thought they would too they're 10 and 13 i thought they were going to be fucking out of contention already by now even though it's this early how sustainable do you think this angels team is because one thing i was thinking about before the season i don't know if i mentioned it before this but like the astros every year since they won the world series like they do keep losing parts right they lose george springer then they lose carlos correa they lose granky they lose whatever so on and so forth uh mccullough no not mccullers uh morton Mm. stuff like that and they, McCullers isn't there right now. I, and, you know, but how many pieces can they lose and still be the Astros? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the West is pretty weak. It is. Uh, I don't know. Sandoval, so last year, his 24-year season, had a career five ERA, um, had been up for cups of coffee throughout the season to spot start and stuff like that. Never really got consistent. Once they brought him up, I think in late May last yeah. year, he got like 14 starts uh, when they brought him up for good and uh, posted a 362 ERA, uh, 121 whip, which is decent for a, for a starting pitcher. And then I he mean, comes. You'll, t- you'll take that out of your three or four <clears throat> for sure. Yeah. And and this year so far in four starts, it, 129 ERA, 114 whip. He's striking out uh, two and a half times more than he's walking uh, and keeping a low whip. So I don't know. I mean, wait, if, you're, if your third starter is giving you that, I don't give a shit what else has happened on your team. You've got a good chance to win in a weak division. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I just want to see these dudes in the fucking playoffs. I don't, I don't care about anybody other than, well, I, mean, I would like to see Otani, I guess, as well. Um, and Trout. We've only gotten three but yeah, playoff I was games gonna, out of Trout. Obviously, ever. Trout you want to see, but I also want to see Otani, but f- f- definitely Trout. Man, Otani <clears throat> going game one of a playoff series. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Give me that all day. Yep. Uh, did you have a Bumgarner video to show before we get out of here? Yeah, this is really funny. So this happened earlier today. Um, I can't make sense of this shit. Yeah. But from just from what I can tell, I don't know if Bumgarner at some point earlier in the game or at some previous game had exchanged words with this umpire. This isn't the fucking home plate umpire. So Bumgarner's pitching today. Uh, by the way, he's having a lights out season yeah. this year. Tearing he's it up. not very old, by the way. No, like, he's he 32. Like, yeah. Uh, still got quite a bit of baseball left in him. It sucks that he's in Arizona right now. I'm, I'm guessing they're going to sell him at the trade deadline this year unless he just wants so. to live there. But... 
Uh, the umpire, after an inning, comes over to check his left hand, his pitching hand, and never actually looks at his hand. He just stares right at Bumgarner the whole time. And then Bumgarner's like, do you, do you remember that Bumgarner had this happen in 2018? It was him and Joe West. Yeah. Like, Joe West was making a shit, like, having a shitty game umpiring, and that happens sometimes. And uh, Bumgarner's just staring at him, and Joe West, like, steps out from behind the catcher and just stares right back at him, right? It was like some weird fucking pissing match. Um, but Bumgarner didn't like it. He's a fucking North Carolina hillbilly. Oh, yeah. That would, hey, if he hasn't been in multiple bar fights or fights in a field, yeah. During his Major League Baseball career, I would be shocked by this, that. This man can use every part of a dead raccoon. Yeah. <clears throat> like, he is just... <laughs> yeah. He, he definitely comes from that, like, Appalachian-style machismo culture where you have to fight. Like, so it's not personal. Right. But if, if cer- certain things happen, those, it's a fight and offense, and you just got to fight. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's just how it is. And look at this guy. Play this video. P- pull up the video right quick as it is right now. Look at him. He's he's checking his hand for sticky substances, but he's just staring right at him. All right, yeah. now play it. See Bellino not even looking down at his hands. You know, most like what is this? What is what's happening right here? Like is he trying to intimidate Madison Bumgarner? Because that's not going to work. Never going to happen. The man who like injures himself on dirt bikes for fun. Yeah. And right here, Madison Bumgarner is like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" Which is exactly how any man would handle this situation, by the way. Yeah. If some other dude is trying to fucking mad dog you while he's holding your hand, you're going to get pissed off and tell him to go fuck himself. And that's exactly what happens. And then he kicks Bumgarner out of the game. Dude, these umps are... It's been getting worse ever since Bryce Harper came into the league and some of these younger guys that are a little bit flashier. Mm -hmm. um, But here's the thing. That guy looks like he's 40. Like, he's not some old man. No. Like, that's not some old, like, yeah, he's well, not, in my day or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the fuck this bullshit is, but I think that umpire and any other umpire that tries to, like, if, <clears throat> if a player, like Ozuna did it the other day. He did, he did it today, actually, as well, but he did it the other day where uh, uh, bad call, strike three. You turn around and you don't face the umpire. You face kind of like 45 degrees away from him mm-hmm. and this talk shit to him while you're looking back over your shoulder like hey that was a fucking stupid call yeah fuck you can say pretty much whatever you want in that scenario and then you say what you want and you walk away but these umpires that fucking step out and approach players to try it like i'm a man too oh you can't yeah. talk to me like that nobody has ever come to a game to watch the fucking umpire yeah bryce harper's been making this point for a long time it's like this isn't the ump show shut your fucking mouth right why you know nobody should know your fucking name they shouldn't even announce they put the names on the scorecard and shit yeah, yeah. and announce it before the game and your umpires today are these people like you shouldn't even know their name yeah. why would you it's also funny that they're like oh, i'm a man too it's like no all of these people could badly beat you yeah like they could murder you like you're it's <clears throat> if pe- people make the the statement that well, if somebody showed up at your accounting job and started yelling at you like that, then you'd probably yell back too. Well, no, not if I fucked up their job. <laughs> like if I fucked up their financial situation at work because of my incompetence, yeah. then I'm going to have something to fucking say about that. And that's just happening in real time here. That's the difference. Yeah. Um, I hate umpires. I hate them. They're the worst people in the world. They're pretty trash, especially Angel. Yeah. That's all I got. At least he knows it. It's true. All right, we'll see you in hell.